You are now entering the very world of Milton Jones. Good evening. I'm Milton Jones. Keep Britain tidy. Uh, chop off Norfolk and Cornwall. <laughs> anyway, I had a rotten Easter. I got a whole hot cross bun stuck in my throat. Of course, the only thing that would get it out, Phillips screwdriver. <laughs> One of my earliest memories is of seeing my mother's face through the oven window <laughs> as we played Hunt the Thimble. And she said, you're getting warmer. She was very good at getting us to eat things. She put it on a spoon and said, there's a train coming, there's a train coming, there's a train coming. We'd always eat it. Because we knew that if we didn't, she wouldn't untie us from the railway line. <laughs> so here I am then. I've made the mistake of popping home for Sunday lunch. I am now tied to a railway line in deepest Wales. There's a train rushing towards me. My life begins to flash before my eyes. As I look back, I wish I'd spent more time in the office and less time with my family. <laughs> here we go. My guardian angel approaches. Oh, not seen her before. Hi there. I'm going to be your guardian angel for this evening. I'm going to be sharing the highlights of your life. The highs, the lows, the laughter, and the tears. You're American. <laughs> yes, sir. I was born on the West Coast. Really? Whereabouts? Fishguard. <laughs> well, I want you to know I'm just here to listen. Listen? Are you sure you're American? Uh-huh. <laughs> And you can show me being anything, like if I was the man who invented the first ever computer. Oh, neat. That's history, right? Ladies and gentlemen of the Royal Society, today we welcome Mr. Milton Babbage and his astounding new invention, the mechanical calculating engine. Mr. Babbage. Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, could I please have from you two numbers for me to multiply? 39,103. Yeah, 39,103, and perhaps one from a lady. 136. And 136. So I set the two numbers on these entry gears here, oil the multiplicating wheel, and quiet, if you will, as I pull the calculating lever. And as you can see, the answer is indeed 5,318,008. Which, if you turn the machine upside down, spells boobies. <laughs> oh, that's extraordinary. Do another one. We're talking to Milton Jones, and his problem is he's about to die. Milton's problem is he's about to die. <laughs> so, you've been tied to a railroad track by your mom. I'm getting real hostility here. I remember once she said, nobody likes me, nobody likes me. And I'd say, yes, they do. Everyone, everyone, even uh, the Bee Gees. I mean, they, they speak very highly. <laughs> How did all this affect you? It affects my voice and even the way I move. How do you mean? <laughs> Whoa, that is a serious problem, don't you think? <laughs> And does this illness happen during the day, or is it a... I'm sorry, 
It's my mum's fault, though. She kept me home from school when everyone else had their BG vaccination. <laughs> OK, OK. Let's concentrate on a positive experience. Tell me about something special in your life. I was in Ireland recently, and I went into a pub, and no one would talk to me. Now, the beer was flat, and they just stopped serving food. Anyway, it turns out it was one of those English theme pubs. <laughs> you do a lot of traveling? Well, I've got to find a cure if I'm going to be... <laughs> Sorry. Do you know, I've been all over the world and met all sorts of people. Good. That's good. Let's share a traveling experience. Okay, I want to try something. Imagine that you're floating high in the sky, in a balloon, over pure white ice. I see peace. I see calm. I see Richard Branson. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go with that image. You know, Milton, it's, it's great to be out of the office, isn't it? Away from all that responsibility. You know, flying high above the Arctic. Doesn't it look fantastic? You know, the azure blue sky and beneath us miles and miles of virgin snow. You don't own that as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Drink? Oh, yes, please. Uh, Coke. I beg your pardon? Sorry, virgin cola. <laughs> Better. Do you ever get fed up... Pushing your products everywhere. Virgin products. Virgin products. It was the 80s, wasn't it? That's when you started pushing your name about. Virgin books, virgin records, virgin megastores. Well, I don't know what you mean. Well, listen to this. Atlantic aeroplane. <laughs> Ring any bells? No, not at all. Then, of course, there's Branson Pickle. Yeah, a actually, that's not one of mine. Yet. yet. <laughs> Hold on. The virgin balloon's dropping. The flame's gone out. Oh, yeah. It's going to crash. I don't want to die. Don't worry, I've got a plan. Really? Thank goodness for that. Yeah, it's a virgin life insurance plan. Can I interest you at all? <laughs> I'm here with Milton Jones, helping him to experientiate his life. Hey, this valley is really cute. I've never seen Wales before. It's not a theme park, you know. This isn't the Welsh experience with unemployed actors dressed up as St. David and Neil Kinnock. <laughs> this is a proud land of history, beauty, and Japanese car factories. Where is your home? Paul Young once said, wherever I lay my hat, that's my home. Unfortunately, soon after that, he left his hat on a train. <laughs> Last I heard, he lives in a siding near Preston. I remember once looking for somewhere to live and trying an estate agent's, but they said my sleeping bag was blocking the doorway. <laughs> then they had the cheek to try and sell me the home of my dreams. Yes, I think you're going to like this, Mr. Jones, for a property of this size. It really is an incredible bargain. As you can see, it's a prime location, great views, potential for a huge roof garden, and it's just one minute's walk from Sainsbury's. What do you think? It's a car park. <laughs> Smashing, isn't it? It's not quite what I had in mind, but I suppose it'd be a roof over my head. Well, 12 roofs over my head. <laughs> Is it in good condition? There are a few damp patches, but they should clear up when the winos move on. Will you do it or have you? Otherwise it's, uh... <laughs> Otherwise it's unfurnished, apart from a rusty shopping trolley on the third floor. So how much is it? Well, don't forget you do get unlimited parking space. So how much? It's £3 for the first hour and then £2 for every hour after that. <laughs> Those sort of people make me angry. Why are you so hostile? Hostile? You mean like youth hostel? 
Oh, you mean hostile. In Britain, we pronounce it hostile. It must be because you're tied to a railway line and you can hear the train's whistle. Hmm, yeah, and by the way, we pronounce that whistle. <laughs> Milton, this is good. Communication is so important. But then I understand you had a career in radio broadcasting. Yes, although sometimes I found it difficult to know when I was off the air. Oh, hi, Milton. I haven't seen you for ages. Hello, Lucy. How are you? And what are you up to today? Well, I'm at this party. All right for some. Some of us have to work. And is there anyone else you want to say hello to? Well, probably my friends later on. Well, Lucy, you've just done it. So, uh, what's happening with you? Well, we've got the Ipswich Steam Fair on Saturday. And on the A137, there's a four-mile tailback due to a tractor. You all right, Lucy? Yes, listen, Stephen, can we go? Hey, Lucy, is that your boyfriend? Yes, it is, and we're going home to bed. Well, I'm Milton Jones, and I'm going to be with you throughout the night. <laughs> After that, I got a job as an announcer on Radio 3. Oh, hi, Milton. Do you remember last time we met? What was all that about? That was a performance of nauseating verbosity. <laughs> Conducted by me, Milton Jones. <laughs> After that, I worked for a while on Virgin Radio. Good morning. The time is just coming up to 8.55. The news is next. After this. Listen to me, baby. You know that it's true. It ain't always easy. Well, that sounded okay. I thought you said Virgin would stop at nothing for publicity. Yes, but play the same record backwards. Richard is a nice name. It's awkward. It's cool to look awkward in jerseys. That is incredible. I needed to get away and to find a cure for my affliction. So I flew to the States. Which airline? Don't ask. Okay, which part of the States did you go to? Massachusetts. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's getting bad again. My first taste of authentic American food came on the plane, uh, but to my mind it tasted more like a small, hot, wet towel. <laughs> the bloke next to me had no idea how to eat it. He was <laughs> rubbing it all over his face. Milton, you know, I'm getting that you don't know a whole lot about decent food and drink. Milton knows nothing about decent food and drink. <laughs> Who are you? Milton doesn't know who I am. Anyway, I do know about decent food and drink. The first thing I did in the States was to open an English-style coffee shop. Yeah, we know. We've heard the tapes. Hi, yeah, hi. Can I get some service here? No, you can get coffee. Right, great. That's what I want. You Brits and your irony. Okay. Can I get a tall, double decaf, skinny Irish cream latte espresso chino to take away? Tea or coffee? What? Tea or coffee? It's coffee. A double decaf skinny Irish... Black or white? What do, what do you mean? Like African-American or Caucasian? With milk or without milk? Skimmed milk, please. With milk? Skimmed milk, please. With milk? Okay, okay. semi-skim. With milk? A half and half. With milk? UHT. With milk? Soya. With milk? No, no milk. Too late. Oh. <laughs> okay, 
Okay. Okay, well, can I get a gluten-free maraschino cherry locale brand muffin to go with that? Custard cream or bourbon? <laughs> Milton Jones, his life, his times, his relationships to a train track and some rope. Now, I've got a feeling you're quite a shy person. Yes, you're right, I am. With hindsight, do you think the chat show was a mistake? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Milton, and here's your host, Milton Jones. Sorry, I'd really rather not. <laughs> In order to fund research into a cure for my ailment, I tried to sell secrets to the Russians. But they weren't that impressed by the fact that my Auntie Pauline actually wears a wig. Then I had another embarrassing moment when, due to a labelling error at the florists, a Middle East dictator ended up with 300 kilos of weapons-grade geranium. <laughs> Goodness knows what I sent my auntie Pauline. <laughs> As a spy, I spent a lot of time in a hotel room in Moscow. My friends and I used to play a pre-Glasnost version of Monopoly, but it was a bit pointless. Aha! A three! Two, three, Gorky Prospect! That's owned by the state. Oh. <laughs> Your goal, Ludmilla. Ah, electricity company. That is also owned by the state. <laughs> Milton? And uh, I'm on Fenchurch Street, which is owned by Railtrack. <laughs> and a lot of the cards were different, too. Oh, I've got community chest. Wow. Excellent. You have been selected for the Soviet Union women's gymnastics team. <laughs> Go to Ukraine for years of brutal physical and hormonal training. <laughs> Go directly to Ukraine. Do not pass puberty. <laughs> Do not collect breasts. <laughs> oh, dear. Ah, I've got chance. You have won second prize in a beauty contest. No, oh, not so very different from your British monopoly, Milton. No. Who won the beauty contest, by the way? A tractor. Of course. <laughs> Look, would it be possible for me to relive a happy event? I guess. You guess? How does that work? No, I mean... <laughs> I mean, okay. It's the time when I was in Russia and I fell in love. I knew this chick in Kiev. <laughs> she came from the suburbs, presumably on the edge of the breadcrumbs just before you come to the creamy garlic center. Her parents had disappeared under Stalin, a combination of a sudden gust of wind and him standing over a mine shaft. <laughs> We worked for years together at the local bread factory. We went through thick and thin together. <laughs> Originally, we had met on the net, both choosing to end our trapeze careers at the same moment. <laughs> she used to do a circus act covered in chocolate. In fact, Boney M wrote a song named after my brown girl in the ring. <laughs> it was called Rasputin. That's good. You're letting your feelings show. I want to let what's inside come out. I think a train running over me should do that. <laughs> Milton, you know, it seems to me you have problems distinguishing between fact and fantasy. I guess. Good. You admit you have a problem. No, I guess. 
<laughs> That's how I distinguish between fact and fantasy. Oh, yeah. Like that ridiculous fuss you made about children's books. What do you mean? I'll show you what I mean. Thomas the Tank Engine was very proud of his branch line. He thought it was the most important part of the whole railway on the island of Seldor. He had two coaches. They were all... The beginning of a Thomas the Tank Engine book by the Reverend W. Audrey. A book that millions of children have been allowed to read. But tonight on the Very Jones Report, we ask the question, is it all a pack of lies? Our first experiment was to try and have a conversation with a train. Hello, what's your name? Where are we going? Do you know Thomas? No response. Interesting. Level crossing's open now, mate. Come on. This is Clapham Junction Railway Station. The 324 from Dorking is just pulling in. Hello? What's your name? Edward? Percy? Can I help you, sir? What's your name? Terry. I'm a guard. No, not you. I'm talking to the train. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Would you like me to give you a wash and rub down? Now, look, now look mate, I don't know what your game is, but can you get back no, from... No, no, I'm... Careful! I'm... Care... Ah! Proof, if anyone needed, that talking to trains can be dangerous. <laughs> the chairman of the Reverend Audrey Trust is his son, Christopher, who is a vicar in Kent. We're going to see how he likes it when he comes face to face with some talking inanimate objects. Toot toot, said the hymn book, as it went up the aisle. Toot toot, hello pulpit, I'm a cheeky hymn book. Shall we have a race? Oh look, here comes the fat controller. What on earth do you think you're doing? I'm making the point, Vicar, that inanimate objects don't talk. This hymn book, and indeed all railway trains, are as dead as whoever is in that coffin. I'm very sorry, goodbye. <laughs> that was the Very Jones Report. Next week, Mary Poppins, a book about flying nannies. We see how many nannies passed the window test. Oh! <laughs> Milton, most people need to discover the child within them, but frankly, you need to discover the adult within you. <laughs> Excuse me? No, it was me. <laughs> what did you say, though? <laughs> What does that mean? Uh, it's a town in Wales. There's something else, isn't there? It's just that I'll thank you not to talk to me about psychoanalysis. Thank you. Milton cannot deal with psychoanalysis. Will you shut up? Milton cannot disguise his rage. Right, that does it. Milton has a tendency to strangle people. Milton, it seems to me that your mistakes cause anger and frustration. What do you mean? Well, what about that time you expanded your English coffee shop into a sandwich bar? That drove everyone nuts. I, I'd like a pastrami and dill fish salad with eggs over easy horseradish dressing on a dry wheat bread short stack with rye kernels. Cheese or ham? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Not you again. Cheese or ham? Cheese. Brown or white? You have brown cheese? <laughs> brown or white bread? Uh, stone ground Danish pumpernickel? Brown. Brown, then. Without it, brown. White, then. So there's one cheese sandwich on white bread. Right. And while I wait, can I use your John? 
Uh, oh, yeah, all right. How do you say it? I want to use your John to go to the toilet. All right. John? Yeah? Come over here a minute. Bring your raincoat. I'm getting that you have a problem with food, and that probably goes back to your relationship with your mother. You're right. Whenever I was at home and I looked in the fridge, all I could find was an old ham. Oh, come, sweet death, let me taste that kiss. A bit of old cheese. A piece of stale bread. Hey, Joey, never forget you're a Boswell. And a half-empty pot of taramasalata. <laughs> which was delicious, thank you. <laughs> and so, tired and hungry and penniless, I did the only sensible thing I knew. Walked back to Wales. Wow. I started off riding a horse, but we came to a sandal in the road. So it stopped, because to them, human footwear is lucky. <laughs> then I managed to hitch a lift in this VW Beetle called Herbie who didn't have a mind of his own, but he did smell quite nice. <laughs> then, for a while, I became a woodcutter in the mysterious forests of Central Europe. What a mysterious and beautiful place. For centuries, it has lain untouched by the material world. Right, here goes. Oh, no. I've been trying to get away from the Bee Gees. <laughs> Don't tell me. Uh, Morris. I am not a Bee Gee. It's just because of the beard. I am the spirit of this tree. Put down your saw and I will grant you a wish. Any wish. <laughs> I'd like this tree to be cut down. No, just do the tree. Save me a lot of work. Excuse me a moment. Yeah, Jean. Hi, it's Alan. Yeah, we've got a problem. I am the legal representative of the spirit of the tree. <laughs> right, what seems to be the problem? He wants me to chop down the tree and I don't want to. Not only that, he said I look like Maurice Unfortunately, it is a verbal contract. Basically, you made the mistake of saying put down your saw rather than the legally watertight line, spare the life of this tree. Can't we contest it? Well, unfortunately, no court in the land would take the case seriously. Why not? Because we look like the Bee Gees. <laughs> Told you. And so, ironically, it ended just like a Bee Gees concert. How do you mean? With tragedy. <laughs> really? A boy came up to me the other day and said, Good day, mate. How are you doing, mate? I'm just over here from Australia, mate. Just got three weeks, mate. Got any advice, mate? I said, Well, if you don't use the word mate, you'll have more time to look around. <laughs> a woman came up to me the other day and pulled a knife. I'm not surprised. She said, I'm going around stabbing men who use women. And my name is Red Sonia. I said, yeah. <laughs> and I'm the President of the United States. No, no, no I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm 
Milton, I really am getting a feeling of closure. Oh, and I used to really enjoy that program, you know, the one where people send in videos they've made of things going horribly wrong all the time. What's it called? Uh, the news. <laughs> right, well, I'm done. We have more than enough material for the tape. Hang on, here's something you haven't done. Show me bits from other people's tapes, you know, where it all went wrong. Okay, very quickly. Here is someone auditioning for the Royal School of Music. Uh, no, that's not what we meant when we said play the next piece by ear. <laughs> and here's an old generation game assistant being recognized while working in a sweet shop. Hello, Anthea. Um... Gives a twirl. Well, after talking to you and seeing some of your life, Milton, I just want to say that I feel your pain. What pain? This pain. Ooh. You make me nauseous. Ever since I set eyes on you, you are beyond help. You do not deserve to live. I'm glad you're getting crushed. I'm out of here. You are totally immature, period. And do not even think about sniggering at the word period. <laughs> Goodbye. Nice girl. <laughs> Reminded me of my mother. All alone. Once I got on a train to Newcastle, and the guard came on and said, When we arrive, it will be 1938. <laughs> Time travel. We're a bit late, though. We arrived in the mid-70s. <laughs> judging by the look of the place. Don't get me wrong, though. I love Geordies. But they're always looking for similes, aren't they? I was walking down the road, Lake. <laughs> uh, apparently the colours to wear this spring are yellow, pink and brown. Uh, well, I read that in uh, Neapolitan magazine. <laughs> Here comes the train. This is it. Hang on. It's stopping. It's broken down. Of course, it's a virgin train. <laughs> I'm saved. I'm staying alive. Hang on. I didn't sing staying alive. The shock must have cured me. I'm free. Never again will I be haunted by badly dressed men with silly voices and a ridiculous beard. Hi, sorry about the train. <laughs> it's me, Richard Branson. <laughs> That was The Very World of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones. It also starred Julia Davis and Dave Lamb. The show was written by Milton Jones with Dan Evans, John Holmes and Andy Hurst, Mark Evans and James Bachman, Mike Haskins and Tony Roach. The producer was David Tyler and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. BBC.